Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti along with Andrew P. Shea. Andy, it's blue-white game week. You excited as I am. Yeah, you, you should be. Penn State fans should be really excited, so that means you're excited. First of all, you're going to have food, and you're going to eat, So that make, and it's going to be tailgate food, so that's automatic fun. But, you know, James said, you know, James Franklin told Penn State fans this week, we're going to have something that resembles a little bit more of what Penn State folks know as a blue-white game. And that should be enough to get you excited, Penn State fans, because you love your traditional blue-white game and James is like he didn't say it'll be a you know normal blue-white game like you remember it but he said it'll be a little bit resemble a little bit more a blue-white game that's enough to be excited there's a ton of players to watch we're going to talk all about it so let's get to it uh today but we're going to go through this in in detail and have some fun yes we will and uh, you alluded to it we are going to be having a tailgate In association with the We Are NIL Collective, it's to benefit the Penn State student-athletes. Chance to have some fun. We got some great 409 Tailgate Club food. We have beer from New Trail. We have some wine going from the Blue White Wine uh, Company. Fantastic stuff. Trust me, I've tried it. And we're going to do this all at the Revel XP lot. If you want your tickets, hurry up and get them. Before we have to close it up, go to thetailgateclub.com. You could get your tickets there. We look forward to seeing you. Can't wait for it. I will be there. Andrew P. Shea will also be in the house. I will. Can't wait to see you there, Andy, and talk some football. All right. Let's get to it. Let's get to the news first before we head to the blue-white game. And there's some... Big news in the Big Ten, Andy. A new commissioner named Tony Petiti. And I'll tell you what, you and I have talked about this position over the last couple months. We have. That what are you looking for in this kind of position? You and I both agreed someone who's got television background, even though they just recently signed that big contract, you got to know what you're doing with TV. That is the driving force in college football. They got their man if that's what they were looking for. Yeah, so they we did. We were like, somebody has to know what to do with that, uh, what I would call sort of, land, you know, a little land breaking, a little historical contract that Kevin Warren put together for the Big Ten with the three time slots and the three different networks and of course, all the revenue that comes with that, which is really kind of important too, maybe. But somebody has to know what to do with all that and how to position this conference inside of that on the football front, right? And they, they got a guy with a wealth of, of sort of hidden, I guess you could call it hidden television experience. I remembered it. I, the name struck me when you texted me of, of, who they were, who the Big Ten was going to make the next commissioner. 
And I was like, why do I know that name? And then when I went into it, which I'm old enough to remember 30 years ago or nearly 30 years ago, he was sort of the muscle and the arm behind the BCS coming to fruition. Now, it's Kramer at, you know, when he was the SEC commissioner, he is taking full credit for it, as he should. He This is a guy at ABC, and he worked at ABC, and he worked his way up at ABC back in the day. He was a guy at ABC that just was the dog that you couldn't get off your leg when it was nipping at your pant legs. He just wouldn't take no for an answer when it came to bringing college football together and deciding, you know, one school, major conferences, a national champion. And it ended up being the BCS. And, you know, it's funny, the guy who tried to drag Jim Delaney into the BCS kicking and screaming all those years ago is now running the Big Ten Conference. But he's really smart. He's got, like, a ton of experience in television and understands how it's evolved and its value to college sports over the years. He knows what he's doing. He's sort of like a quiet assassin, like he's the smartest guy in the room, almost every single room he walks into, but he he's not like one of those guys that you can't miss when he walks in a room. He's one of those guys you don't know he's the smartest guy in the room, but he's actually the smartest guy in the room. And if you listen to him, then you'll be like, oh, that's the really smart guy. The one sitting over there who's been kind of quiet for a while. So he's he's an innovator. He thinks outside the box. He's not afraid to fail. But he if he's passionate and becomes committed to something, he he is a he is a dog on a bone. He will go to the nth to get it done. He's been handed a lot of nice ingredients in his cupboard. And I think he's a he's a really he is he's got all the moxie to put it together and make it even better. And that's something I think the Big Ten Conference as a whole saw. I mean, he's got his challenges up front. I think he's got to learn, you know, the coaches and the sports in the conference, the presidents, the athletic directors. He's never had that type of group relationship to sort of manage where you have a bunch of individuals, but then you have to also manage them as a group. So there's some challenges I think you'll face, but they hired what I think is the right one of the, they could have made a couple, two or three directions and they went with this one. And I I think they knocked it out of the park, to be honest with you. You know, Andy, uh, a major conference commissioner is not a typical job. There's only a handful of them. I'm not sure exactly what a resume of this guy is supposed to look like traditionally, but I do know today the importance of television, the importance of the various networks, and you have a guy here who it's not just his experience in those areas, but also then his connections. He knows all the players, so that's important. He has background within college football. As you mentioned, he was part of the uh, making the BCS happen. The other thing to note, like he also has experience in Major League Baseball. Yep. And I bring that up because that means he's not just isolated into the one sport. That's all he knows and understands. He can relate to other sports and can cross-pollinate ideas from the different sports. Again, I've never heard the gentleman speak. I don't know that, but I do like his resume. 
I think that's uh, important. And the television aspect of it, you mentioned the contract was already uh, completed, but those kind of things, it's not like, okay, done deal. You don't have to think right. about it anymore. There are a lot of details that go into this. Sure. And you'll, you'll have a guy here who will understand the ramifications to the various networks. For example, you have NBC with that prime time slot at night. What does that mean to them? And what games are they going to get? Are they going to get third, fourth, fifth choice? Or I think having a guy here understanding the value of putting your best foot forward, what the uh, networks are looking for, I think it's important. Okay, Andy, we've got a few other topics. We talked about this quite a bit this week already. I'm calling it a shakeup in the running back room. Probably better if I just said there was enhancements in the running back rooms. We already took a look at the uh, Trey Potts coming in as a transfer, Quentin Martin coming in, highly regarded recruit, number one guy in Pennsylvania. But I'm just looking for your overview What does this tell you about the running back room, the recruiting, the process that's going on, and looking forward over the next few years, the running back room? Yeah, so (laughs) looking forward the next few years, it's it's a little bit of a – to me, it's a ridiculous – it's a bounty of riches, right? Looking forward, if I look forward. But right now, to me, it's just – it's a pretty clear line. It's the two running backs and then everybody else. And then, so the everybody else part of it isn't the forgotten half. It's the, what does the everybody else look like and how does, does that play out? Because you think of the running backs, you got Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, you think of them as a duo, right? Am I wrong, Jimmy, that you kind of put them together now, right? Like, you don't, Okay, Singleton was the Big Ten freshman of the year, but it could have easily been Allen. I mean, two guys, true freshmen, almost 2,000 yards, 22 touchdowns. That's a duo. <laughs> They're not uh, – one didn't have 1,700 yards and one had 200 yards. You know, they were very much a, a, a combination one-two. They are – they're just one turned ankle injury away from not being a one-two combination. It just being a hammer, right? So – when I talk about the guys behind it, you know, Potts and, and the new recruits and the guys that are coming in, what does the second tier look like? Is is Potts sort of a third wheel and the guy they use third in a specific role? Or is he just part of the backup group that if one of them goes down, he becomes, you know, part of the one-two combination at running back? I think that is more what is this offseason is about for Penn State in the running back position is come September, you know what you've got in the front, but how did you line up the next three? How did they line up and how do you plan to use them or how do you plan to hold on to them? And I think that is what I am looking at when it comes to Penn State in the running back room because at the front of it, they might have the two best one-two combination in all of college football. It's definitely in the Big Ten. And it, I would say they can make a very strong case to be the best one-two combination, despite them being both being true sophomores in all of college football. Andy, my takeaway from this is that we can trust that running back, this team is going to be just fine. That the recruiting, 
is there they needed the enhancement they needed some depth this year they got it with trey potts he's the insurance policy against could one of the two freshmen step up or not there's no guarantee there there he's an insurance policy against injury to one of the big two then what you have is also a situation recruiting for the 23 season was difficult at running back in that you knew the big two were going to be there at least two more years. So what do they do? The next class, they bring in Quentin Martin, a guy who potentially could be that big time stud. So they're replenishing at the top, they're replenishing at depth. And, you know, it's just a well-oiled machine now at running back. Kudos to Coach Franklin, Juwan Sider, They're getting the job done. All right, Andy, that is it for quarter number one. Let's move on to our discussion about the blue-white game. We're going to start that in quarter number two. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krenzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the Blue-White Game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at thetailgateclub.com. Thanks very much. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Andrew P. Shea. I'm Jim Galante. Andy, I said it in quarter number one. This is blue-white game week, so let's get to it. Let's start some blue-white game conversation. And I'm going to start with the most general of questions. It's sure. uh, This is obviously very different than come fall when we've got a normal game. There's going to be a lot of players, if they have any kind of tweak at all, good chance they're not playing. 
we're not going to see this is not going to be the offense and defense we see come fall. So there are a lot of things are different, but there are a lot of interesting things to look at here. You've been watching football for years and years, reporting on it. When you go in to watch a game like this, the a blue-white game, spring game, what are you looking for? What is it you're going to be watching? So that's uh that's an interesting question. I, I'm looking at so what I look for is what I'm like excited to see and what I think I will have an opportunity to learn something for. So I think of like what do I want to see? And and when it comes to this type of scenario in this sort of you know, a controlled practice, controlled scrimmage, call it whatever, blue-white game, that scenario. I, I'm i a little bit of the boring guy in the room, but I see, you know, when I say this, I'm, I'm the boring guy. But, sorry, Jimmy, I'm just boring. But I think you, I learn the most because I, I get to, you can watch the linemen and they pl- seem to play a little bit more and do a little bit more and they play a good number of guys. So, I think they get more work in these situations and I can watch and learn from them. So, you know, I'm excited to see like the interior three of Penn state's offensive line. You've got Landon Tangwall coming back from an injury at left guard. He was off to a great start. I think he was off to a great start before he got injured. I'm going to get to see a little bit of, of where he's at. Hunter Norzad's moving to center a little bit on and off injured last year, did play some, He's taking over the quarterback position, and I'm just curious how he plays with Sal Wormley. Sal Wormley's the quiet, quietly the most consistent and the name you hear the least about on the offensive line. That's a good thing, but I think that trio has some serious potential to it, and I just want to get a first look at how they're doing together. I know there's a little bit of, you know, they might not get quite as much as if they were 100% healthy, are they 100% healthy? At the very least, that trio is where I'm going to start and watch. I'm going to flip to the other side of the ball, and the other thing I'm excited to watch is I want to watch the four defensive tackles, right? I, you, they're absent your favorite 320-pound hammer in the middle, right? Like, that's your you love that guy. But I think the quartet, I love the quartet of Hakeem Beeman, Kazai Izzard, Zane Durant, and... Uh, Devon Ellis. I think that's a solid foursome for Penn State. I like all four of them. I don't know the roles that they're fit in, so I'm going to be watching keenly all four of them that way. Like, I want to see where they line up. I want to see what they have cooking together. Who pairs with who? Do they put three of them in at any point at one time just to get a look at them together? So I think I can learn a lot from them. And I do have one individual player that I am excited to see, Jimmy. I will give you one. And it is Storm Duck at quarterback, the transfer from North Carolina. I just want to see him play. I just want to see what he's got cooking. All reports are he's had a good spring. He's been a guy that stood out a little bit, treats his job, you know, is like a professional, does what he's supposed to do, does the little things well. I'm just excited to see him play on this field and that defense because the quarter position is pretty good at Penn State, and this defense is pretty darn good. So I just want to watch him play and see see what you know how he might possibly fit in and what he looks like. I find it interesting, Andy, that when I ask what are you looking for, 
the two places you named first is the interior of the offensive line and the interior of the defensive line. So they're going to be up against each other, right? Correct. Correct. You're going to see you're going to see good on good, and you're going to see them rotate good on good. You know what I mean? Like especially on the defensive side, because they're looking, you know, for different options and combinations. And I, you know, they tend to play a few more. They tend to play a little bit more than most others because you know, in close contact quarters, they're not really hitting the quarterback so they're you know they're not trying to blaze through and get through and 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 finish off everything at the quarterback the the where the most work gets done is closest to the line of scrimmage sometimes in these games and the interior of the line of scrimmage is where they you, you have the potential to get some of the best and some of the most work done and and you I'll learn a few things I will absolutely learn a few things just by sitting there and you know, prescribing my 80-20 rule, 80% of the snaps, I'll be watching the interior of the offensive line to start and for the most part. And it's interesting on the line of scrimmage, you're going to essentially with vanilla offense, vanilla defense, Correct. you're going to see the physical work one-on-one, this player versus that player. Where I'm, One of the things I'm going to find interesting, and I'd like your take on it, Andy, is multiple times this spring, James Franklin, in talking about the wide receivers, has seemed to indicate Kendra Lambert-Smith, Trey Wallace, they've separated themselves. I need at least three good wide receivers. I feel like I have two of them. Okay, that's the way he said it. So I'm looking for who are they thinking is the next guy up? How they play those guys will tell us something, how they believe in them, plus who gets targeted. Yeah, oh, you're – so I wrote – when it comes to the wide receivers, I I wrote Wallace, potential, but he's not there, but he has more potential than anybody else. I think Keandre Lambert-Smith has another level, and he's, fi- he's found it, and he's going to find it, and he's going to be a very important component. When it comes to the rest of them for this game, you mentioned the pecking order. I don't I'm not going to pay attention to the pecking order at all. That's just the difference, right? I'm going to look at two things and one of them you alluded to. I'm going to make I'm going to be watching who makes themselves available to the quarterback. In other words, I'll watch their route running. I want to see who's making themselves open. And then the second part of it is you'll learn from who the quarterbacks are having some chemistry with. No matter how many they play, whether it's all three of them play, who they have chemistry with is who gets targets, who is seeing the ball, who is being thrown to. That's somebody who the quarterback's comfortable with, somebody who all spring has made themselves available. In other words, their route running is 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 on point and they're getting better at it and they're able to catch the ball. So the, those that are getting the targets of the group beyond the ones we know, and who is making themselves available. Somebody could not be seeing targets and they could be making themselves available. That's important too, to watch like when you, when they put the re- the receivers and it's not the guys, you know, and they put three or four of them out there and they run routes, see who's getting open and making themselves available. But also you have to see where the ball's going. Cause those are the guys that are, act- that are getting the targets and those matter too. So the pecking order. Yeah, I get it. Like you'll see a little, I guess what the coaches think, but, I don't care about that. I want to see who's making themselves available and who's getting targets. 
Well, I think the idea of the pecking order, it tells you who's performed in the 14 other practices. Correct. Not just this one, and and that that is important. Hey, Andy, are there any players in this game who will actually have some pressure on them? Yeah, I think there's a few. I, I I've identified a, a couple of them. I, I I think Caden Wallace and at right tackle, he, he's got he's got some real pressure on him. I think he's got to perform at another level. Um, I I Drew Shelton and. You know, at the beginning of camp, the coaching staff saying we're moving Drew Shelton to right tackle. That was very uh, revealing. And that was a reflection of Drew Shelton. That had nothing to do with Caden Wallace. Now comes the competition and the pressure of, look, Caden Wallace has got a little bit more seat time. But the seat time that Drew Shelton put in as a true freshman at left tackle last year certainly gave you a little, it gave you hope, right? Like, wow, this guy could be pretty darn good. So now he's got to move to a new position and take on a guy who's only played that position. It's Caden Wallace's right tackle position and Drew Shelton wants it. Who's going to get it? There's some pressure on Caden Wallace. I think there's some pressure on Keaton Ellis. And now he's been on the Penn State roster for a long time. I'm a fan. It's his time, right? Like, I think you and I agree on that, Jimmy. Like, it just feels like, it's his time. So can his play make it so? And he's generally projected as a starting safety. Can he fulfill those expectations and emerge as a threat at a position in this defense where the opportunity to be an impact player created by Manny Diaz and what he does at this position, the opportunity to be an impact player is off the chart. So I think there's some pressure on him as a sort of you know, grizzled veteran, you know, been around forever. It's his time. Can he make it so? And the last one, and I don't know if you agree with, I think Hunter Norzad has some pressure at center. He, It's not because he's moving to a new position. He is becoming, you know, the leader and the signal caller of this offensive line. And this is a group that made huge progress overall last season. And Part of that credit goes to Juice Scruggs, I, I believe. Each individual, it was a team effort. Each individual performed at another level. But you need someone to pull it all together as well. And and that that's Juice did that job very sort of subtly and quietly. And But Juice's experience in the middle showed, at least to me. And Hunter's job will be to keep this group in lockstep together and performing at at least the same level that it did a year ago. And yeah, okay, he's learning a new position. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. The real learning curve for me comes in, in in his leadership. That's just my opinion. And I think there's a little pressure on him to sort of start being that guy in this sort of bright light scenario that you could see that he's pulling this offensive line together. So it has nothing to do with the position change or or how he blocks or how he executes. It's all about his leadership. I think that's actually an excellent call, Andy, on your part, because it's when you talk about Caden Wallace, it's there's a threat to his position. With Hunter Norzat, it's more about Juice Scruggs, who you're replacing, as you put it, so quietly did a good job. Yep. You, you typically only talk about that center when he has a bad snap, when he has a penalty, when he gets beat. We hardly talked about Juice Scruggs because that didn't happen very often. 
All right, Andy, we're going to pick this conversation back up in quarter number four. But first, we're going to do some Ask Andy. Stay tuned for that. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krenzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the blue-white game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at thetailgateclub.com. Thanks very much. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. We all know what that means. It's time to ask Andy. This is where we take your questions for Andrew P. Shea. He will answer them all, and then he will select the best question. And whoever sent us the best question, guess what? You get a prize from 409 Tailgate Club, nice. and it includes includes the coffee barbecue rubs, which are fantastic. As we speak, I have some uh, chicken, and well, we'll we'll talk about that later, Andy. Oh. Anyway. Anyway, let's get to our questions. And since we're talking food, let's start with Matt in Acton. I think it's Acton, Massachusetts. He says, Jim and Andy, my first food question. Sweet. What are you you both cooking on the grill now that spring is here? Also, I'd like to hear your opinion on the idea of a college Pro Bowl game, either realistically or using our imagination. Thank you. So what are you cooking on the grill, Andy? So it it, it is nice out and it's gonna continue to be nice out. And I have I I continue to use my grill and sparingly over the winter. So I did, but now that this now that spring has has sprung, I am 
cooking chicken and burgers is where I have been focused on most of the spring. Turkey burgers and beef burgers, I do both. I season them both differently, and I season chicken breasts differently than I season chicken thighs. So for me, the grilling is becomes all about what the seasoning is, how good I can get the cook down, and what does it taste like. So I'm using all kinds of different spice and rub combinations, and I'm using all different kinds of meats, and I'm doing different combos for the different meats. So that's my spring grilling. Before you answer his football question, I got to kick in with my food response. First of all, this this will show some of the differences between you and I. I've got the smoker that I go with versus the grill most often. My go-to in the smoker, ribs. Yep. That's, that's you know, my go-to. And a promo here, get 409 tailgate, peachy paws, barbecue sauce for your ribs. It's the Sticky. only one I now use. It's wonderful. And my last comment on this is turkey burgers. Come yeah, on. That's not even a real burger. All right, Andy, let's um, let's get to his football. football question, either realistically or imaginative. What would a college Pro Bowl look like? Yeah, I don't. So I don't want to imagine it, but in today's game, I think it's a, I, I think it's a seven on seven game. You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to see one, I would, I think it would be more of a seven on seven type thing where the skill positions just shine. That's what I think it needs to look like if in, in that's not realistic, but that's my imaginary way for you, Matt, is that it would be a seven on seven competition. And it, it's hard to even imagine it because we got guys actually even sitting at bowl games for their own right. team Correct. to think that they would play in, in a Pro Bowl game. It just isn't there. What actually you're starting to describe, I know you said seven on seven, but it's like a skills combination for the best players. We have a name for that and we have it already. It's called the combine. Correct. Okay, that that's I think as close as you're going to get to that, Matt. Let's go to Carl and New Hope with NIL transfer portal, teams changing conferences, expand expanded playoffs, and television being the tail that wags the dog. What change in college football do you think is the most problematic? And which do you think is good for the game? Oh, that's a really good question. The most problematic for me, Carl, is the team switching conferences. That one's problematic because I think it, I just, for for like nine reasons, I'm not going to take all the time. I just think the schools leaving the conferences at and switching at this sort of rate is just not inherently good for college football the best one my favorite one it was i liked it from the beginning i was always a fan of you know the ncaa figuring it out sooner than later in terms of you know the nit the nitty-gritty of the rule i I, i'm a big i love the transfer portal i think the transfer portal uh is it's free agency for college football i'm a i'm a players guy i like players 
And I think that benefits players. I think programs are learning how to benefit from it in a big time way. But I also think the greatest benefit is still to the player and it doesn't lock them in. And, you know, I just, I'm a big fan of the transfer portal. I think that is the best thing for college football in all the changes that Carl mentioned. I'll agree with you that I believe the players deserve the right to transfer. I I would not take it away from them. However, it's a bit problematic to me also in that with this freedom comes responsibility, and I'm not sure some of these youngsters are prepared for it. I think they're making decisions for the wrong reason sometimes. sometimes. Whether that wrong reason is, hey, I didn't get instant gratification and get on the field right away. Or it's, oh, there's more money over there. It's not my dream school. It's not necessarily going to prepare me for the next level, but they offered me more money. So, again, I have no problem with the money, but, again, it's a responsibility now for these kids, and some of them just plain aren't ready for it. And as far as on the benefit side, I'm going to go with the playoffs. I love the idea of expanded playoffs. I can't wait for that, Andy. 12 teams, sign me up. Those first two weeks when there's going to be about four games, I'm just going to be locked into my television for the entire weekend. Just don't bother me. I'm busy. All right, let's go to Al in Arlington who says, It seems as though James Franklin and his staff are doing really well on the recruiting front. But do you think there's anything more that they can be doing to compete with the elite in recruiting? To be honest with you, no, because other than, you know, building a multi-million, you know, dollar new facility that, you know, is one of the top three in the country, that, that requires a ton of money. To be honest with you, it's a good question, Al. I, you know, I, I really, I don't, I don't, I don't see one. I, I, I think James, that's James's strength. He's good at it. He's good at it for a reason. And with the hand that he's dealt at the university that he's at, which isn't a bad hand, by the way, I'm not saying that it's a bad hand. Um, there are some inherent competitive imbalances that he goes up against and he erases them. And one of the things I want to point out in answering Al's question here is think about this, Jimmy, James Franklin is such a good recruiter and it's, and he can take any hand that he's dealt a sort of self-induced hand to a reason, two years of mediocrity. It just sort of flew un, continued to fly under the radar when they were before last year, they, they were two years as a 500 re- uh, football team on the field and they still recruited at a nine or 10 win game level. That's, that's extremely difficult to do. And that was very revealing to me, despite the narrative being that this is just a mediocre right now, they're a mediocre middle of the pack, big 10 football program. He didn't recruit like it. So that should tell you a little bit about how good James is at recruiting and how well he does it. And I I can't close my eyes and picture something that puts him at the level of Ohio State other than getting to the college football playoff or maybe winning a national championship. That's it. That'll put you at 
getting two and three five stars wanting to come to your school at the same position. But other than that, I think he's getting the most out of it. I'm not sure there is a way to get to the Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State level. Let's face it. There's only three teams at that level in the country. For a reason. Now, this isn't a new thing, but it's something I think that James Franklin has done recently even more emphasis on is bringing in people who have specific recruiting ties to specific recruiting areas. And this is where he's always talked about bringing in additional staff, but he brings in a wide receiver coach who has connections in the Tidewater area of Virginia. Not only had he brought in Dion Barnes, he then promotes him to defensive line coach who has all those connections in Philadelphia, Andy. The analyst who was at Syracuse, who he's a New Jersey guy. All of a sudden, we're seeing more New Jersey players committing. Now, you know, it doesn't mean this guy directly did that, but it seems like quite the coincidence that right after he brings in a guy who kind of specializes in Jersey recruiting, we're seeing commitments from Jersey players. It could be the answer at the defensive tackle position to Penn State getting one of those three guys one of these years that's, uh, you know, a five-star lock, it might be Deion Barnes. You know what I mean? It might be. That could be the answer. And I possibly could see that. I'm like, yeah, that might be the answer. And that's not the reason he, quote-unquote, got the job. It's part of the reason he got the job. But it's an interesting perspective that you bring up. You are not wrong, sir. And it's a very good question by Al. Um, because it made us think and it made us talk. And that means that it was a really good question. Yeah, and we only have a couple seconds left, so I don't yeah. want to shortchange anybody with the question. So j- just to finish out this whole you know, recruiting discussion, and I know that James Franklin has sometimes this, rep- uh, rep- oh, he's a good recruiter, but you know, not a game day coach, whatever. But I think he gets shortchanged a lot on so many of the things he does. It's not just, oh, a good personality, so that makes him a good recruiter. There's strategy to how he sets this up. There's strategy to the locations that he goes to. There's a strategy to the assistant coaches he brings in. There's there's a method to the madness in every single thing he does. And I think if we're smart... You pay attention to those things, Andy, uh, because I do think that makes James Franklin a very much a quality uh, college football coach. All right, that's it for quarter number three. Stick around. Quarter number four, we'll name our winner and talk more blue-white game. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krenzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the blue-white game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery. 
all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at thetailgateclub.com. Thanks very much. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. It's time for us to get back to the blue-white game. But before we do that, we have to take care of selecting a winner from our quarter three segment, which is Ask Andy. And this is the place, Andy, where you pick out one answer, one question, one question that you say stood above the rest. Who do you got? You're mean, Jimmy. That's just mean because you know the discussion we just had. And I, most weeks, Carl and New Hope and Alan Arlington would have won. They both, you just happened to ask their questions both in the same week. Carl's was a great question. Al's made me think, made us think and talk more. I can't discern. Most weeks they would have won. So for the first time since it's been Ask Andy, I'm going to name both of them as the winner. I know you're okay with that. Thank you, Jimmy. Carl and New Hope, Alan Arlington, you would have won most weeks just because your question fell in the same week. We're going to give you both a shout out because they were really good questions. Oh, that's an absolute cop-out, Andy. But you're in charge. You're in charge. So that's what we're going to do. Both Al and Carl named as our co-winners. All right, Andy, let's get back to the blue-white game. And it's a fun discussion. And here's – I'm always interested when I talk to people like yourself who who know football so well – and it was the same thing when I talked to T. Frank this week, when I talked to Dustin this week. I like to hear, what are you looking, not only what are you looking for in this game, but are there specific guys, specific players that you're looking for, that you're going to be keying on? And I think it'll be a help to the rest of us fans who we should be looking for. So, yeah, I got three of them. And believe it or not, two of them are on deep, on the defensive side of the ball, Jimmy. And this is, I I didn't realize that until just now when I was putting it together because I was like, yeah, the three guys, these are the three guys I'm going to watch. And then I was like, oh, two of them are on defense. They got like a billion guys on defense. And that is why. So in no particular order, I'm going to start number 33, uh, deny Dennis Sutton a defensive end. I'm going to be watching him. He played as a true freshman. I think the number was 
23 true freshmen they played last year. I think that, and he flashed a little bit, a little bit. Um, what does his next level look like and how does he fit in this rotation? In some respects, I could see him as a starting DN and Chop Robinson as your pass rushing specialist, like the combo of the two of them. Or And don't forget about Adisa Isaac, who is going to be absolutely sensational, by the way. Um, I think that kid's going to find another level. But I'm watching Dennis Sutton because I just want to see what the next level looks like to him for individually. I think he's going to show it and I think it's going to show up and I want to see it. And he doesn't muddy the water by getting better. He only clarifies what Penn state and Manny Diaz are going to do. The next one is he's number 41. It's Kobe King. So I just get the feeling when Penn state runs its defense with the middle linebacker, they ideal. I think they would ideally like him to be getting the primary snaps I, I know when Tyler Elston improved in small increments last season, but he has his ceilings a little bit lower than King's and they're close, but I think King has another level. And I don't think you got to see that last year in any way, shape or form. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't good. He just kind of filled his role and did his job. Okay. And I don't think he's that type of player. So is there a next level for him? I'm going to be looking to see if I see any flashes of it. And the third one, this one's Captain Obvious. It might be, but it's for a different reason. It's number nine. It's the quarterback position, but it's not Drew Aller. It's Bo Pabula. He has a beyond, can he be the number two guy, blah, blah, blah. That's not why I'm, I think he has a role in this offense, it seems. I think they kind of unzipped their fly a little bit and said, oh, he might have a role. He's a little different. He's going to be the number two guy. I just want to see what, he looks like and what kind of role they might see him in by what they're making him do in the spring game. And I, I like him. I'm a fan. I've seen him play in high school. I know what is what he can't do and I know what he can do. And his can do while not being as high a ceiling as Boperbula, his can do is really, really good. He is a very focused young man. I just want to watch him and see him and see what it looks like for him you know, 15 months after he got to campus and he's going to get a real look-see. You're going to get a real look-see at what this kid is made of in a first look. And I'm excited to see what that looks like. So those are my three ones that I will be watching as individuals. Those were some good choices, Andy. Um, I do agree with you about Prabula. And I had this uh, conversation with T. Frank. And obviously we talked a lot, a lot about Drew Aller and what to look for from him. But my feeling was Drew Aller got playing time in the season, in the fall. So, I, of course, I want to see him play well and show well. But I'm not going to be concerned if he doesn't. I felt like I learned more about him in real games. With Bo Prabula, we've not seen him in a real collegiate game yet. So I think I'm more interested, curious on him. Let me. I'm going to give you a couple quick names I'm looking for. Uh, on defense, I want to see Tony Rojas. They've been talking about him way too much. Yep. K.J. Winston. I'm curious. There's been a lot of talk about him. I want to, I want to know what we're getting there. Keon Wiley's another one. I just think he gets – I always talk about the guys who may have been redshirted, but it's their second year in the program. Um, 
is this now his time? They get overlooked. On the offensive side of the ball, and this is where I'm going to do the cop-out thing, I'm looking for absolutely anyone, anyone beyond Trey Wallace and Keandre Lambert-Smith to show me something. Will it be Caden Saunders? Will it be Malik McLean? Will it be Liam Clifford? I want to see somebody do something special that makes me say, ah, there's another guy who could could help out in the fall. Uh, let's get to – I alluded to Drew Aller a little bit there, right. Andy. Yep. What is it you want to see from him? I know it's not – like I said, we – it does – I don't think it matters whether he goes 10 for 10 or 1 for 10. He's going to be your starting quarterback come fall. But as a guy who's watched football expertly for many years, what are the little things that you're looking for from him? Yeah, so you're asking me what I want to see from Drew Aller, and it's I don't I don't want to see much. I don't need to see much, really, to be honest. He won't be touched. He won't be under much stress in the pocket. We know that. So I, I I'd like to see him show off his arm talent just a wee bit. That's top. That would be number one. I, I want to see I want to see him show off his arm talent a little bit. Just for fun. Uh, what I'm looking for is, so if he makes 10 throws that should be easily and readily completable, I want him to make nine solid throws of those 10. Whether they catch him or not, that's a that's that's a different thing. I want to see nine solid throws. The sort of under-the-radar thing that I'm looking for, these running backs are weapons in the flat, right? We know that. We 100% know that. These guys, in a little bit of open space, make a lot of Defenders look stupid, silly, and have a lot of impact. So, when it comes to quarterback position, I want to see what his flare throws look like as well. You know what I mean? Those are that. Those are just a little. Those are mechanical step step flare throw. It's not as easy as it looks, Jimmy. The flare throw is a very underrated skill. I just want to see in a uh, you know when they make the. I want to see what his flare throw looks like. Because it's going to be really important for Penn State next year because those running backs have to touch the ball other than just being handed it off. They're that good. So the flare throw is going to be important for him. I want to see what it looks like. I'm going to act like I know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to refer back to a segment that we did with Coach Caduti where he analyzed Drew Aller. And the negatives of Drew Aller was when he would get sloppy with his footwork. Yep. If you saw passes that made you go, wait a minute, where did that come from? You could typically look, he was either flat-footed, wasn't stepping into the throw, the footwork wasn't good. I want to see him clean that up. I don't want to see a, a bad pass where you then look and say, okay, it's the footwork. It, that's an issue that's still there. The second thing I want to look for, maybe this is tied to what I was saying about the wide receivers and seeing someone, anyone step up. I want to see if Drew Aller has a bit of a favorite guy. Is there someone he kind of has that connection with and who that might be? Even though he got time with the first team and the starters, remember last year he was typically the number two guy. Who was he working with number two wide receivers that there might be that special connection with? I'll be curious to see if there's anything there, um, Andy. Finally, when we look at this from a coaching perspective, yeah. you know, you know, vanilla offense, vanilla defense. That's that's what we're gonna get. 
Um, we're not going to be able to scout this team to see, okay, this is what we're going to be looking for in the fall because they showed something here in the spring. So if you're a coach, what is it you're looking for besides coming out of the game healthy? Right. So it, it goes back to what you just mentioned. You did a bunch of name dropping of guys that they've sort of highlighted. They are, they are the name guys only. We don't know what it looks like. So I, they're looking for those who have emerged at another level or stood out to them a little bit during camp. They're looking for them to finish what they started and to continue down that path when now now the lights are on, right? Yeah, it's still a practice. I get it. But the stadium's going to be half to two-thirds full. The cameras are going to be rolling. Everyone is paying attention to this practice. So if they have reached and, and started to make themselves or emerge as a player, can they finish that when the lights are on? Can they do it in this scenario like they've done it in the scenario through the rest of camp? I think that is the number one thing they're looking for because then that gives them a, a foothold to go into the offseason for the summer to go, okay, started at this, got to this, finished at this, now we know that's what they're looking for, for not sure things, but certainties like we can expect this. And they're looking to sort of finish checking those boxes off on that for those players who have emerged at another level. That's what I think uh, the number one thing that the coaches are looking for. They're not looking to fix mistakes and correct, you know, wrongs and make them right. Yeah. They're going to scream and holler and do that a little bit but they're really looking for what they see in the film afterwards to finish checking their boxes. Very good, Andy. That is going to be it for our show. Folks, we got football coming this weekend. I hope you stop by our tailgate. Would love to see you there. Otherwise, just enjoy the game, have fun with it, and we'll talk about it all next week on the next Keystone Kickoff Show. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krenzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the blue-white game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery, all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at thetailgateclub.com. Thanks very much. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. 
lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love.